Hello, everyone. Welcome to Executive Report. Today, we are welcoming back the CEO of McDonald Consulting, Chris McDonald. And today, we're going to be talking about uh, just how business has changed since COVID through 2020, 2021, now 2022, and then what to expect moving on into 2023, and how can we prepare ourselves with any changes we may see in leadership, sales, or any other roles in a organizational fashion. But before I get started, let me read a quick bio and remind you of Chris's expertise. So Chris McDonald is the president and CEO of McDonald Consulting Group, an authorized licensee of Sandler Training. Chris started McDonald Consulting in 2008 after working his way up the corporate ladder to executive leadership at various Fortune 500 corporations for over 20 years. His background in sales, sales management, corporate training, and executive leadership roles made starting his own consulting company under the Sandler brand a natural fit. He brings firsthand experience to his training, coaching clients, which gives him a greater depth of understanding for the challenges that they might be facing today. So, Chris, welcome back to Executive Report. Thanks so much, Steve. It's great to be here. I'm glad to hear it. (laughs) Someone else said it was terrible. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, today's topic is really about the evolution of business. Uh, We know we talked about this when we went into COVID and how things might change. Here we are on the other side of COVID. There's all these other issues now stemming with, you know, potentially economic turmoil, inflation. There was resignation for a long time. So it's just been a really hectic couple of years. So I'm curious, what is your perspective of how organizations have evolved, pivoted, changed, and how the landscape has changed over these last three years? That's a great question, obviously, Steve, with a, with a lot of moving parts uh, in and around it. And I think at a high level, because obviously when when COVID hit, that was that, okay, what now? Yeah. You know, we all know that. And we're still faced with that. And, and when you think about it, you I think that is it one of the is it the underlying current out there that people are thinking, is this going to happen again this winter? Right? <laughs> oh, that's true too. I mean, people are is this going to happen? But the thing is, with businesses, whether they're small, medium, or large, it's easy to start to believe, and we start to become what we think about. So if we think that a recession's coming, um, and and we're really basing that based on what we hear in the media or what, what's out there. Then some businesses might start to prematurely make decisions either too soon mm. or not for the right reasons or maybe for other reasons without taking that close look at their own business. Mm, I see. And it's easy to have a knee-jerk reaction. And so really over the last three years, companies of all sizes face so many things. The obvious things are return to work, you know, and, and I think companies are still going through that now mm-hmm. um, to some degree. We have some clients that are, um, because it's they've been a decentralized operation, they've changed from brick and mortar, they're going back to brick and mortar. It's, it's all over the place. Yeah. So I think whether it's the R word recession, whether it's the I word inflation, you know, all <laughs> these things kind of go together. I think at times the most successful businesses, this is an obvious statement, aren't going to ignore all those things. But they're going to focus on their team. They're going to focus on what they can do Hmm. better than anybody else, making sure their team is completely up to date, making sure they're communicating with their team. Uh, And I think that's something we'll dive deeper into as we go. But it's it's really what can you control and really forgetting 
about what you cannot control. Yeah. Do you think 2022 is the year when people can realistically get back into strategic planning? Oh, yeah. I feel like the last few years, it's all been reactionary. Um, but it does seem like a sense of normalcy is coming again. And strategic planning, understanding that things might actually work out the way you anticipate is something that leaders are starting to feel comfortable about again. Yeah, and, and when you think about <clears throat> strategic planning, leaders have to look at it from a standpoint of who's in, who's involved in that, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a saying out there, no one of us is as smart as all of us. So I've seen a lot of leaders, they're saying, okay, we used to have these off-site meetings, we go here with the with the executive leadership team, which is great, that makes sense. But what how how far well, leaders are saying now, how far should we go into the organization to get feedback? Hmm. Should we bring people in from the front line to say, what are you hearing from the customer? Oh yeah. Right? Which makes a lot of sense. Instead of making these decisions, you know, kind of in this ivory tower, if you will. Yeah. Um and of course, there will always be decisions had to be made at, at very high levels, but to get the voice of the customer, to get the word on the street for strategic planning, wow, what a great time to get different voices and people involved in that process. Yeah, absolutely. And you had mentioned something to me a while back. Um, I think you said it was skip meetings? Yeah, is skip level meetings. Yeah, so can you explain a little bit more about yeah. what that is and why it's so beneficial? Absolutely. And, and I was first exposed to those back in my corporate days, uh, back at Citigroup and Morgan yeah. Stanley, where um, I remember we first moved to Dallas back in uh, 97. Don't date yourself uh, here. Yeah, a little bit. And <laughs> um, and I remember I was, I was, I knew what they were, but I, it didn't really occur to me the effectiveness of them. And, and it was that at the time it was the executive vice president that skipped the senior VP that I reported to at the time and set up meetings with myself and other people, not to, for a witch hunt or say, Hey, what's mm -hmm. going on? But it was designed to get a feel for that next level. So we all did those skip, like we would skip that left next level and go to the next level down yes. to have meetings. Um, and there's so many different ways to do it. A lot of times leaders won't do it because mm -hmm. of the time and that fear that, well, I might be upsetting the other leaders. What do they think I'm, I'm trying to get information? You know what I mean? So there's just yeah. all those different things. So full transparency is key when you do those. Got it. And I think that's kind of the idea behind that uh, TV show that was created years ago, Undercover Boss, right? They they would basically go undercover to try yeah. and understand what people on the front lines and what their, their employees on the front lines were going through. And sometimes that can reveal some, uh, some very uncomfortable <laughs> moments. Yeah, <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt. Especially those who aren't afraid to be transparent. Uh, exactly. Be because you hear the dirty laundry and you hear the things that maybe you don't want to hear. But that's important in a lot of cases. Absolutely. Yeah. And what do you do with that information once you hear it? Exactly. Exactly. So I know one of the things that a lot of organizations are trying to work through is people are starting to fall back into older habits or bad habits. Uh, and they want to make sure that, you know, in the coming year, they're starting fresh and, and starting new again. And is all of that done through these types of skip level meetings? It can be. Yeah. Okay. And, and you want, you want the atmosphere to be one of comfort, yeah. one that you can, you can speak up and talk about and actually a career planning and talking about what that next level is. Now, obviously, depending on the company size, mm -hmm. You know, a company with the size of five people, a skip level meeting is, it's pretty much, it's all the time. Well, true. Yeah, I would make Because <laughs> you're always talking to, but a company of a hundred plus people, you know, et cetera, then it takes on more meeting, but a meeting. But the thing is, 
One of my mentors told me a long time ago, I might have mentioned this on the previous podcast, what you ignore becomes more. Mm. And sometimes we might hear something like, well, that'll probably go away or I'll make a decision about that later. Well, we get in this decision malaise and decisions aren't made or we ignore something thinking hopefully that just goes away. Mm. I don't think anyone, especially when it comes to strategic planning and where we're going, in the, what you ignore becomes more becomes a brutal reality. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah. That is true. And I think ultimately what we're talking about here is alignment, right? Yes, Making sure that from top to bottom, the company is aligned in pretty much every way. And I think, and, and that can be hard. I mean, you think about it, the way the companies were able to get to alignment years ago mm-hmm. might be different now, right? And you think, obviously, going back to when COVID hit and the and the and everything was done virtually, <clears throat> there's a lot more companies now are saying, okay, this January, we are having a major alignment meeting great, right? <laughs> Makes total sense. Let's have this alignment meeting. But then what has to happen, you can't just not, and I'm exaggerating here a bit, but you can't just not worry about alignment the rest of the year. And then the next January say, <laughs> all right, let's have our alignment meeting. And then it's like, well, we weren't aligned this whole past year, past yeah, year. It becomes a buzzword. Exactly. Not an actual uh, measurable. Having everyone involved uh, yeah. in that process and, and especially you know, alignment around change, hmm. right? And and with change, can there's a lot of things that can happen around change and, and understanding the why behind the change, et cetera. Yeah. Well, I do know that one of the changes companies are seeing right now is the cost of everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was meeting with a friend of mine who owns a software development company uh, just last week, and he told me that, you know, he has entry-level people that were making, you know, six-figure salaries, you know, 100000 110000 And, um, you know, he's a small business, uh, and companies like <laughs> Google come in and <laughs> they double that amount. They'll say, okay, we'll pay the same entry-level person 200000 250000 And as a small business, you know, you can't compete with that. No. Um, so change is definitely happening in every area of business. And, and how do you coach people through those kinds of situations where sometimes there's just nothing you can do about it? That is such a good question. Um, and it happens a lot. Matter of fact, I've seen it and experienced that with various clients and relationships over the last several months quite a bit. It, it ranges from, okay, the grass is greener, or at least it looks greener. And, <laughs> and there's been offers, to your point, that have been double or 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 more that I've seen people you know, yeah. have been, been exposed to. <clears throat> In some ways... Um, is how real is that, right? Mm-hmm. Is it temporary? It's almost like it's. I hate to compare it to the housing market, but I mean, the housing market goes up, yeah, and then all of a sudden it starts to go down. That's down. kind of reality now. What's the real value of that job? Yeah. What's the real value? Of what they're doing, and and is it true? How long can that be sustained mm. at that other organization? So a lot of moving parts, a lot of variables. Um, some people have left companies specifically because of their remote work policy. Fair and I've enough. seen that. And they've left. They've left because I want to, this company has this remote policy. I've seen situations just like that when people have left for that. But then a month later, the company they went to, guess what? They changed the remote policy back to come to work just like the place they were at. Ah, oh, I see. Because it's, it's not, is that a total reason to leave? It might be, but just know that, it will change. It'll change. That's one thing that happens. Change always happens. <laughs> so yeah, what are your core values? Do your core values line up with that job? And can you can you 
it's so much more to it. Yeah. And I think it's frustrating um, for both the employees and the leadership teams because there's both there's frustrations on both sides. Uh, the leadership team knows that Google's not going to sustain that $250,000 right. salary. And if things do get tight, that person that's making that amount, which is very overpaid for that position, they're going to be the first ones to get cut. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> so the leadership team gets frustrated because they're losing an employee knowing that that's probably going to happen. And at the same time, the employees get frustrated because they might be losing something that potentially they think they should have or could have. So I think there's got to be some um, a lot of open communication because there's empathy on both sides and each side needs to really understand one another's. You know, you bring up a, an excellent point there because with that open communication, people have to feel comfortable. Like, yes. for example, if I'm looking and talking to you, if I say something, if you say something to me that I just don't like, we're in a work, we're at work, you say something I don't like, and I look at you and I say, okay, Steve, that, that makes sense. I'm good. What am I really saying? I know what you're saying. I've known you for a long time, so I really know right. what you're saying. I mean, I'll, I'll, that means I don't <laughs> like it. But if that leader looks at that person and says, okay, so we're good. They, oh, yeah, we're good. And if they take that to be... Well, then we're good. Yeah. Well, there's much more to it than the words. <laughs> Absolutely. Think about the tonality, the body language. That person's not good. They just don't feel comfortable telling that other person they're not good. Yeah. So that leader has to say, you know, I, I, I get the sense that there might be something else. Can we talk about that? And more of those conversations have to happen. I agree. And by the way, that's not just true for business. That's a great tip for marriage for anyone out there that's married. <laughs> Relationships so, yeah. everywhere. Yeah, Relationships absolutely. in general, that's a great tip. <laughs> Notice I'm wearing my ring. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, so that being said, are there um, are there exercises or uh, things that business leaders can do uh, to try and and do that in an open environment uh, to try and perfect that process? Well, I, I, I think I mean because it's not easy. It's I mean, not. It's yeah. not. I mean, I think really the the hallmark and the, the the whole thing of emotional intelligence, and you can read so many books on emotional intelligence. It's there's two things. There's one. Extreme self-awareness, have so, and then the other thing is uh, self-regulation, hmm. right? Now it's really when it, when a, a leader or someone has high self-awareness, they might say, "Yeah, well, they know I just can't do that. That's just not me." Come on, they have to know I'm, I'm very self-aware. That's not me. Well, that's self-regulation on steroids. Oh, I'm sorry, self-awareness on steroids, which is okay, but without that self-regulation to say. Okay, that's me, but what can I do to change that? What can I do to change my behavior hmm. to adjust myself with that particular person so I can relate to that person and get my message across? Or, I mean, we all walk the same hallways, but our realities are different, that's right? True. So for leaders, the exercise is to really understand the person I'm dealing with here, we kind of manage in mass sometimes. When I say any leader, we can manage in mass and realize and, and, and try to and treat everyone the same way. Uh, that might work for certain things, but to really get to the core, you have to adjust your style mm, to that other person, and that's not easy. No, it's not. And you have to want to do it, too. Correct. Um, I'm curious, how many people do you think are out there that don't want to change? A lot. I mean, for various <laughs> reasons. I mean, and, and, and it might have worked for them for so long. Mm. You know, it's not, it's not a... It, it's not a um, an accusation. It's it's a it's a reality that you know. You think about a business that has worked for so long for whatever reason, but what got us here? What get that business here? May not get them there. Hmm, that's true. So it's a necessity to change. How are we going to market? What type of people do we need to bring in? 
what we've always done in the past may not be the best way going forward. So how can I really understand that? Yeah. As and, a leader. you know, I know we're running a little bit on time um, or a little late on time. So I, I just have one final question. And that is if, if you were coaching someone to help try and create goals and expectations for this upcoming year, um, how would you coach them? What would you ask them to re- really reflect internally? Well, uh, a number of things. I think one of the first things is, I mean, there's personal goals and business goals. And a lot of times it's focus particularly on business goals, So, which is great. But do you ask yourself, do you live to work or do you work to live, right? And, and everyone can answer that question differently. And it's kind of a, it's a pretty in-depth question when you really think about it. So as far as setting goals, what are the different things that you want to set personally? Like, personal, personal goals, things that were only matter truly to you, uh, then family goals, and then health goals, career goals. Um, uh, it could be spiritual goals, could be financial goals, but really breaking those down to the different categories, and then think short-term and long-term, right? What are my short-term goals? What do I want to make sure that I do in the next six months, okay? What do I want to do in the next 12 months? So I think, I mean, it's such a great question, Steve, is that more and more business leaders need to be connecting to their team. Um, and, you know, some in some cases, going to be through various levels in the organization because companies have goals. I mean, companies are going to have profit goals, growth goals. And so everyone that works for that company, one way or the other, should have goals of some sort yeah. you know, versus, well, at least I showed up today. You know, <laughs> absolutely that type of thing. Um, and it takes vulnerability um, and awareness. It just most people don't set goals for, for there's a lot of reasons. One, it's just it's kind of safer in their own mind because what well, if I set goals too high and I fail? Yeah, well, I'm gonna, you know what I mean? Yeah, if you don't set a goal, you can't fail, right? <laughs> That's you know, a good point. I, 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 people have said, as long as I'm six feet above dirt, I'm not worried. Well, then. <laughs> Then it's very reactionary. Yeah, but it's 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 a very sensitive and very very important topic. Yeah, got it. So it's interesting you talk about um, personal and business. Um, someone I know quite well, uh, named Michael Port, I believe the saying is that he coined is business problems are usually personal problems in disguise, mm. <laughs> and I think yeah. that's very powerful. Um, Extremely powerful. Yeah. So, so anyhow, um, so obviously your organization helps businesses, entrepreneurs, leaders through a lot of these things. If someone wanted to reach out to you and uh, and learn more about what you do and how you do it, how how can they reach out to you? Uh, well, several ways. One, uh, they can look at our website, mm-hmm. uh, McDonald.Sandler.com. Um, you can look us up on LinkedIn and reach out. Um, uh, carrier pigeon, what I'm carrier <laughs> smoke signals, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, but you know, for us, Steve, to your point, it's a quick discovery call. And yeah. sometimes it's just a 15, could be a 15 minute, could be 30 minute where we'd ask each other questions, determine if there's a fit to explore further. If there is great, if not, that's okay. And it's just really that getting to know each other and discovery and asking a lot of questions. Fantastic. Well, everyone out there, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button, and please feel free to share this video as well. And Chris, we really appreciate you coming back, and hopefully we'll see you again soon. Likewise. Thanks for having me, Steve.